Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week in the weekends. Recorded on April 12th. It's our fourth straight week of pods during the coronavirus lockdown. EJ, how you doing? Um, so far, so good. Then, sir, when did you wake up? Uh, 16 minutes ago. <laughs> I like the honesty. Uh, Boston Strong, Levi, how are you holding up? Doing good. Uh, yesterday, I traded in uh, some bullets for Dunkin' Donuts. So, like, things, like things are breaking down. A gun? <laughs> yeah, ammo. What are you living in the wire? <laughs> <laughs> breaking down, Terry. Uh, yeah. Okay. Everything's everything's going to shit. Uh, but at least we get together, talk, have some whiskey. BJ, anything you want to plug before we start drinking? Um. Yeah, we might have uh, some extra bonus content to our podcast within a podcast coming out soon. So um, keep your eyes out for that. And we're we just finished up our first novel, and we're going to some short stories, and then another novel on Magnum Reads. Why don't you tell the people what the, the bonus content is? I think that's uh, it's really interesting. So um, apparently for lockdown, there was a release of an online Harry Potter escape room. And uh, <laughs> we're looking to something like live stream this while we continue <laughs> drinking. Um, details to be forthcoming. That is amazing. That's great. And escape room is the, the sort of pinnacleness of a physical space. Like you have to be in the physical space under the physical duration of this online version, and you're going to live stream this. Ah, it's in, in, incredible, BJ. Incredible. It's going to make the weirdest radio because um, what we'll, we'll see about doing a screen recording, like I don't even know. I'm all in. Uh, Levi, you like escape rooms, don't you? Love them. They're great. BJ, have you ever done an escape room, like a physical one? Yeah. I've, How about you? Uh, yeah, I did one with Bridget's family, which was an interesting experience. The only one that hasn't. So, BJ, I don't want to, um, I don't want to malign your your personality, but how did it go for you? Um, so, so, you lost the room quick. <laughs> um, it's actually gone fairly well, um, as long as I'm not really drunk. But a couple of, mm, so I like taking things apart. Um, and sometimes there are things that you're not supposed to take apart. They don't mark that you're not supposed to take them apart. So I've had a number of like, uh, excuse me, sir, please don't take that apart. Come in over the, the speaker. Um, and it's just like, well, you should have marked it. Like, I don't know. So I enjoy them. It does sound like you're going to some half-rate uh, escape rooms because typically the escape rooms that I've been to, they've they very clearly enunciated the things that are, are should not be touched. Like, hey, oh. uh, these 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 lights on the wall, they do not come off, and they're not intended for you to explore. Hey, that um, electrical panel, uh, nothing's in there. <laughs> you can just stay away. Yeah, don't take the fan off the, the ceiling. <laughs> I'll give you an example. So they they have a lot of that 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 sparked off, but they had a desk that one of the drawers was locked. Um, so you couldn't get in it, you needed a key to get in. So I basically just dismantled the desk and took the drawer apart, like the wood pieces apart. Not like breaking them, but like you could slide it out. Yeah, you're undermining the point of the escape room, BJ. I mean, that's, that's really what you're doing. Like, come on. Very, Very on brand. You knew what you were doing. You knew you were being a little asshole about that. <laughs> I've never done one. Pickaxe and just goes through the door. <laughs> he, shows up, he shows up with an axe and they're like, come on, really? So, <laughs> I was gonna, it's actually really funny because I did an escape room with um, my cousins, uh, Debbie and Ed, her husband. And so there was one thing where we were trying to get a birdcage open because there was like a key in there. And we were trying to find the key and, and it took a while. And at some point, Ed just like looks at it, picks it up and like dumps it out. And the key falls out. And they're like, well, sir, you're not supposed to do that. He's like, it's just sitting in there. Like, it's not that. I'm like, well, I don't see why not. I don't know why they needed to jump in on that one, though, right? Because that's, I mean, still yeah. playing the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to uh, do an escape room with you, Lee. Uh, I've actually done one. done one with um, 
uh, my girlfriend's family when they were in to watch her graduate from vet school. And it started out when they were all handcuffed together. I feel like that would be a particularly good one for you, uh, Lee, because it was also in a dark room and, you know, you're stuck together. I feel like you'd really like that. Yeah, that'd be lovely. I'll tell you, I, I, when I first heard of escape rooms, I had like, I still have like 15% of high school Terry in me because I was like, that's just shit for nerds. And then Levi told me he was doing it. And I was like, wait a second, I need to check into this shit. <laughs> Found out they seemed like they're pretty interesting. <laughs> I love how you have that reaction and you also think that suddenly the, the fact that I like it is not doesn't make it intrinsically nerdy. Um, I do appreciate that, Terry. Um, because no, it, 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 it kind of I was like, well, if Levi's and you were like made a point, like you, you, that was your dedicated evening for the escape room. It wasn't like a sort of you clearly had planned it. And I was like, OK, well, he must like these things. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Um, I mean, I will say the the um, probably one of the funnest condensed times that I've had in quite some time um, was when my company um, we did this before we went private, uh, but we would they would fly everyone out out to the the sort of spiritual he headquarters of the company. Spiritual um, headquarters. And I mean, we're headquartered in the U.S. because we want to make money. Um, but we we came from Sweden, and and we went to after a week full of, uh, sort of um, getting to know the company, you could say, or drinking the Kool Aid if you wanted to be negative. Um, we were taken to this sort of think of it as in terms of like the components of an escape room, but broken into separate rooms. So you can do them very quickly. Um, but it just had a lot of puzzles. Uh, um, and, and it was it was really fun. Um, that combination of physical space with puzzle um, was a really fun time. And I was like, this is, if you had a, a place with a lot of businesses in the area, so you can get that, you know, that, that corporate revenue coming in um, from, from T-building activities, this would be an incredible business to run. Like, it just seems fun. Sure, yeah. Um, okay. By the way, the fact that they're different rooms meant that you can you know leave, go have a bite to eat, grab a beer, um, and then come back to another room. So it's, it was very casual. I mean, they're oh, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, that's like twenty different rooms, right? So you go in a room, you do an activity, you leave, you can do whatever you want. Um, you can go have a beer, have a drink, um, sit down, talk to some friends, and then go to another room and just oscillate here and there uh, for the whole evening. I would totally do that. Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay, what are we drinking? I am drinking um, one of the whiskeys we've had before. I, I was not the, the purchaser of this, but I, I wanted to find something that I, I knew I'd like, the Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit. That was good. I think, BJ, you got it, maybe? Uh -huh. yeah, I think you did. This is one of the ones you brought to uh, Con of Thrones, rest in peace. Yep. Yeah. Rip for Con of Thrones, maybe next year. Did they finally get drinking? No, they haven't, but I mean, they're, they're going to. Um, it's Florida. It is Florida. have a whiskey called Tin Cup Whiskey, which we've not had on the podcast before. And it is a blend of a high rye bourbon and a small amount of Colorado single malt whiskey. And then they are very, very proud of the fact that it is cut with um, Colorado spring water. It's also cool because the packaging comes with a little tin shot glass. Oh, cute. Yeah. Um, so, so this is part of my own brand. Um, it's Passover. So uh, that means we're supposed to avoid uh, grain-based items, especially ones that are fermented. So I have some Israeli brandy. Oh, I was hoping for Manish Shepherds. Uh, oh, that's no. good. Uh, what is it? Yeah, it is. It's like Kool-Aid. <laughs> I was going to say it amuses me, but because I feel like the the primary use of Manashevitz is for communion. Um, but but yeah, so it's an Ashkelon brandy uh, from Israel. Yeah, Passover. It's also Easter Sunday, so shout out to us for working on a holiday. Um, Spencer, what you drinking? Something? Some mystery drink again? No, I actually know what this one is, and I was very surprised I hadn't consumed it already. I was looking through my list of unmarked bottles, and I found one that had a mark on it. This is the last of my black saddle. It had been stuffed in the back. And the only reason I hadn't drinking it previously was because apparently I'd spilled a little of it last time I was drinking it, and I'd wrapped it in a paper towel. And that was enough that it just disappeared from my mind. So <laughs> I unwrapped the paper towel, and there, there it was. You're such a simple man, Spencer. 
Spencer, if, if like you get a blanket put over you, do you fall asleep too? I'm very much like one of the you know, like you're trying to lead a horse through a fire or something. You just put a blanket over its head, and it's in a whole new world. I was talking about birds, but sure, yeah, that too. Yeah, same principle applies across animals and me. Yeah, I don't think you really appreciated the, you, you, your joke there, Spencer. Uh, uh, PJ was just calling you very, very simple-minded. Of like, oh, well, it's dark. I guess I'm gonna go to sleep now. I was agreeing with that. I was just extending it to a different animal. <laughs> no, no, Spencer. True. You are. That's so so perfect. Um, that's a that's a big move, Spencer. I know you really like that that whiskey. All these, it, it's been a while, right? So this is one of the ones that you're curious to know what how your palate's evolved. And you know, it is perfectly enjoyable. This is this is solid sipping. I don't know what else to get. Kind of whiskey. It wouldn't be in my top five anymore. Certainly, may not even be in my top ten. But it is perfectly solid. Oh wow, that's interesting. Because there was about a six month period there where the Black Saddle was your barometer. I mean, yeah, and you know, it's still fine. But I've just, I think I've, I think I've become interested in exploring different flavors. You don't necessarily enjoy them. They're still more interesting. He's all grown up. He's progressed past it. That's so adorable. Mm-hmm. We're so happy that, that you're, you're evolving, Spencer. In many ways, though, apparently not with the, with the blanket issue. That's remained true pretty much as long as you guys have known me. So, BJ, to talk about your own brand, um, had you taken part of any virtual satyrs? Uh, no, I, I oh, thought they, of... they're great. Oh, they, no, it's so great. No, oh, it... you know, it's, you know, it's great when you have like, you know, 80, 80 year olds join in on iPhones. Um, I don't know what a Seder is. Uh, it's just a re- religious servants. They, they it's talk a ritual meal, yeah. um, with basically other prayers and, uh, symbolic things that, that surround the power mythos basically. And let me sell you, sell you on this, Derek. Four glasses, four glasses of wine. I'm in. Do you get some matzo ball soup? Do you yeah. love a matzo ball soup? Sure can. I mean, yeah, pretty much everybody makes that. And you a big in-depth meal. The only downside is you have like, depending on on the version you do, like 15 to 30 minutes from the time that you sit at the table to you actually get to eat. But, you know, religion, what can you do? Uh, but you do get to drink two glasses of wine before you eat, so it does limber things up. Uh, question for you. Are you at all offended that uh, Southern people completely repurpose matzo ball soup and call it chicken and dumplings? I think it's funny. <laughs> it's just completely stolen. Like, <laughs> it's the same shit. No, it's not. Matzo is close. Yeah, same principle, but, like, the yeah. bread there is very different. Um, like, like matzo has a very interesting consistency. So it's funny because like no Jews like matzo, but like I've seen <laughs> non-Jews like buy matzo and eat it, and just like why, why, why are you doing this? Like what? I like it. I, 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 I do. Purposely make matzo ball soup for their Gentile friends, but then not themselves. I mean, but matzo ball soup is a little bit different because basically, like you're you're making a dumpling rather than just like eating depressing cracker. I'll tell you how much I like it. I will get the go to the Jewish section of the grocery store and get the jarred matzo ball soup. We'll have that. I don't even have to home make it. Fair enough. Um, I was going to say, so my other on brand for, for this week is, um, so when I was buying some uh, stuff at the grocery store, matzo and, and um, a couple of other things for Passover, I was in... Uh, there's a kosher aisle at the, or a couple of kosher aisles at the Ralph's near work. And um, there were a couple of people like looking at the alcohol section in the kosher section. Um, and basically these two older people were like staring at the, the different bottles that were there. And one of them's like, oh, like I was looking for some rum or, or brandy or something like that or vodka to have during the week and um this like older dude pipes up and is like oh well you could go for vodka you know it's made out of potato and i was just like all right i gotta i gotta comment here like i already know this and i've already <laughs> went through this research um to to actually find a potato vodka because they're really hard to find i was like well sir you know Usually there, it's actually a grain spirit and, you know, it's just a, uh, a clear spirit and they just distill it. Like there are very few potato vodkas actually. 
um, they're pretty much all made out of wheat. And like these two people that were like 50, 60, like just looked at me and just like, how, how do you just know this offhand? Um, so Isn't Luke's a Slova? Luke's a Slova, right? Is that, I'm not, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that's a potato vodka, right? I think so. I th there, there definitely are a couple. Uh, and one of the reasons that I know this and that they're hard to find is uh, because your bachelor party was during Passover. And so uh, I picked up some potato vodka and had a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good times. Uh, so I'll give a review of Tin Cup. It is the price point on it is really good. It's like twenty two bucks. Mm -hmm. I think they cut it with a little too much of that Colorado water because it's uh it's pretty bland. Uh, so I think this is a prime candidate for a mis mixing whiskey. Hmm. I make a cocktail. I'd grab this guy. Nice. Um, I mean, my brandy is is perfectly pleasant. It's reasonably smooth. It's a little bit on the sweeter side. And you can actually taste the grape, but. All right, we'll have a topic I want to discuss. All right. What do you got? Um, so all sports are canceled. So, but the commissioner or the, the, the head of all the sports leagues are trying to figure out, oh, Levi, time out. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, I mean, right now it is. There were some aggressive plans by the UFC to, to, to host a fight. Exactly where I'm going. Fight Island. Okay. <laughs> exactly where I'm going. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay. Go ahead. Dana White, who is a complete nut, had this idea that he was going to get actually either purchase or rent an island and have the UFC fighters sail out there and fight with no audience on what he was dubbing Fight Island. That's hilarious. I got to tell you, I love this idea. I think this is incredible. I would tune into Fight Island. Matter of fact, I think we need Basketball Island. I think we need Hockey Island. I'm, I'm during the quarantine. Let's just get Sports Islands. And let's get sports going again. I mean, but I, I feel like that'd be a much funnier way to like vote people off the island. It's like, well, you lost. You get shipped back. You got knocked out, so you don't get the rose or whatever it is. <laughs> Basically, he's proposing that he filmed a couple guys punching each other on a sandbar. This is what he's. This is what he's offering for national entertainment. Oh, whoa! Way one of the to most offend. Dismissive ways of, uh, of, you, of ultimate fighting, uh, MMA. Just God, Spencer. But the drunk oh guy is fighting on a sandbar. It's basically Florida. God. <laughs> <laughs> We've got that all the time. You want me to film it? It's going on right now. Oh man, that is that would offend uh, some of our friends who who are into UFC. But no, Fight Island. I'm I'm down. But apparently, the state of California put the squeeze on him, um, and he backed off of Fight Island. But he did say um, he is continuing the plans for Fight Island. He's just not going to implement it quite yet. So I, I guess he's sourcing an island. As someone who's read like uh, a fourth of a couple of news stories, um, I I think it's even more incredible than what you're saying. I think he was initially planning on hosting it on an Indian reservation, and therefore out the purview of of the state and national government. <laughs> Um, and and the pressure actually came from the broadcast partners, uh, ESPN, because it was going to go through ESPN Plus uh, to put the kibosh on it, because they didn't have, you know, the state and, and national government had no, no authority there. Um, if they wanted to host a fight, they can host a fight. Um, I mean, if it brought yeah, that's what we need to like, do. That would but be that, really good. That's what we need to do. Introduce a, yet another disease into the Indian population. Great idea. Good job, Dana White. But no, I, I, I respect the hustle. I mean, Dana White's trying to figure this thing out. Jay Williams also had an idea for basketball, which was to have cruise ships, just basketball players and referees and the crew, and then they play on the cruise ship. You have to get tested before you can get onto the, uh, the, the, the cruise ship. Interesting. I mean, we have seen some <laughs> basketball on boats before, so I think it was an average basketball though. For for a pay per view event, they do have fifteen minute testing now, and these guys have the funding that they can, as we've seen with certain sports figures, their way to the top of the pile if they want people to be tested. And they just test everyone that they want to participate, and then just film it and post it for a pay per view event. Would that be that hard? Of course they could. Of course they could. The other side is the fifteen minute tests or the antibody tests, so it's whether they've had it or not. But like, yeah, I'm sure they could figure something. Like they could buy a lab. Like they could just buy the supplies, buy buy a lab, like just seems have, like have one on the, have one on the ship. Seems Whatever, like a solid investment right now. They've got no competition when it comes to entertainment for these events. So why not put the money up front, test everyone that's there, and 
you need a golf going on? Uh, well, because they, you you still have you still have interactions with caddy, you have interactions with each other. In place orders in a lot of states. You can, where they would you do can this. keep six feet away from your caddy. Like you have to hug him. Well, he's got to hand you a club, so. I mean, four feet. It? Sure. He drops it on the ground. He walks back. Yeah, I don't know. I think I do think golf will get started faster than others, as will probably tennis. Um, I mean, it was interesting because they just, did cancel Wimbledon, so it was just kind of like a. I mean, they really want the crowd there, I guess. Well, I know for the Masters anyway, one of the reasons they delayed it is because they want that ticket revenue. So they don't want to do it without fans because they won't make any money. But I like Fight Island. Shout out Dana White. BJ, you should send Dana White an email about buying a lab because if somebody suggested that to him, I'm pretty sure he would just do it. Sure. I mean, maybe I'll, you know, can I tweet at him or something? Sure. Can you, can you volunteer, BJ? Like, hey, I'm a little bored. <laughs> I'll run your. I'll run your UFC <laughs> testing lab. <laughs> I mean, why not? Uh, I only had one other thing I wanted to bring up, and it's a question for the group. Um, so, when you're locked down and bored, are you guys doing things to give yourself treats? Because I am, like in a way that I normally wouldn't. Uh, and here's what I mean by that. So, yesterday I braved the. Uh, coronavirus and I went to the Harris Theater and I got two pounds of Alaskan king crab. $55. I would never normally buy this, but my thought was I, I've earned this. I'm sitting at home. I'm doing nothing. I'm bored. I need a treat. And it sparked in me a question of, is anybody else doing the same thing? Honestly, uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah, so I have in one instance, and one, that one instance is, is, is actually a bit of, uh, apropos of, of BJ's um, uh, bringing up a Passover. Um, I went to the grocery store recently um, for our sort of biweekly shop, uh, and I was I was going through the the aisles. By the way, BJ, uh, the the Jewish food aisle, best stock place in in the house. Um, like they they want to make sure that that plenty of matzo balls there. Um, but I saw that they, they had these macaroons that just look so so beautiful. I mean, they just <laughs> delicate little flowers. Um, and and so I bought those, even though they weren't on the list. And I, I uh, sort of came home and 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 my girlfriend was unpacking and, and and saw those and was like, "You are just you're amazing." And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, it is the season. Let's go ahead and do it. Live up." Um, that's a smaller scale than, than two pounds of king crab. <laughs> absurd amount um mm -hmm. two pounds isn't that much i agree crab by the way is a really shitty food to eat right it's just really frustrating disagree i, I like the whole process i hate the process so we get with like butter and garlic on the shells so it gets on your fingers as you're going oh yeah i'm doing that right after we finish it levi i'm with you there i like the taste of crab but i hate food with the process not what i want to do i don't want to have to i don't want to have to work hard for my food no, you so, don't. So and where, you don't want. You don't the... want to work hard. Sorry, BJ. You don't want to work hard to even buy your food. Killing Aldi on this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go ahead, this is on brand. <laughs> so, what's the limit of of all the effort that you're willing to put in food? Is like cutting a steak too much? Willing to cut a steak. Yeah, but you seem like put out by it. I mean, would you just, like prefer a burger? A burger involves effort too. <laughs> you have to chew and swallow. That's true. <laughs> By the way, guys, I'm sort of with Spencer. Like steak, overrated. Just, just annoying. You have to have a good steak. Interesting. Steak yeah, is is pretty good, but that just gets so expensive really quickly, especially if you're eating out. No, I'll, I'll agree with you on the good steak point. I, I've been grudgingly tolerating steaks for a while, but my dad for holidays likes to buy me Chicago Stockyard steaks and send them to me. And yeah, though it's effort, a good steak. Quality meat, well cooked, with my dad coaching me throughout every step of that process of how to cook it. Okay, it's a fun, it's an, it's a good experience. Is that why you like soup? There's no work involved. <laughs> and what work I have to do, I can I can do eight days in advance and just continue on that work. I feel like this. Do you have a stick blender to just like blend everything so there isn't oh, even like things to chew? Asked this previously. I don't. I didn't even know they existed. Now I'm getting one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he thought it was like a like a mixer. Um, yeah. All right. So the spectrum here on difficult foods to eat, right? It's like soup is the easiest. 
He's the hardest crawfish. Crawfish is annoying. That will that will take you like a good hour to eat. Crawfish tastes great. I love crawfish. I love quality crawfish. But the act of preparing or even just you know consuming crawfish once it's been cooked, it's a it's a labor for not much meat attached to each one. It's going to be a social event, I think. So I'm with you 100. Um, percent I would also throw uh, oysters in there if you if they're not shucked already. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. Shuck. No, that's even farther than crawfish. You're right. Unshelled nuts, like chestnuts or something. Pecans. Mm. Yeah. Pecans, yeah. Yep. No, I, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't like a lot of these foods. Uh, just gonna... <laughs> How do you feel We're about pistachios? Like huh? I mean, I like pistachios. When, it, when the work's already been done for me. I mean, oysters are fantastic, but if I had to, sh to shuck a bunch, I, I wouldn't be I'm having oysters ever. That's uh, not, uh, once you learn it, it's, it goes quick. I know how to do it. It's, it's, not a, it's not a knowledge thing. It's just I don't want to. In reference to something you said, Lee, all of this can be made bearable if it's part of a social event. Like if it's everyone coming together to do this and then just talk and interact while they're doing it, it makes it more, it makes an experience rather than just the process of cooking something that's overly laborious. Right. And that's the, kind of the culture of like, um, like having crab boils is that yeah. you sit down, you throw it on some newspaper, you got some beer and you just sit there for a couple hours. That is an extremely fun dining experience for me. Yeah. There's actually a... Uh... I don't like fondue, Spencer. <laughs> that is a lot of work. I don't know. You got to just like dip things into to other things. It's super complicated. Um, so one of my girlfriend's professors in vet school, uh, her residency, not vet school, um, threw crawfish boils every year. And um, she uh, took me, I think, her, her last year of the residency. And being the Midwest, a lot of people were just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm like, I don't really want to deal with this. And I was just like, this is great. Like, it's been forever since, since I've had this. And I'm just sitting there, like, going to town. And he comes up and he's just like, I didn't expect to see somebody, like, so proficient and excited about this. <laughs> Good on you. It's like, all right, please don't talk to me while I'm covered in, in the filth from <laughs> trying to eat crawfish. PJ, question for you. What percentage of people there that were actually eating crawfish sucked the head? Uh, I mean, there was me. <laughs> I think he's pretty low. <laughs> Good call. Good call, Lee. Yeah, I think there, there might have been like one or two other people that like mentioned it and showed it. And I was just like, yeah, but it's not really my thing. So. For me, I've noticed before, I've had to silence my objections to, you know, this involved process in cooking food just because i know how much other people enjoy it there's a place near us um there's a korean barbecue place that's near us which does a lot of great food you guys i know you guys have been to a lot of korean barbecue places they're a lot of fun uh then bringing out like 35 side dishes that you can enjoy along with the meal is just part of the fun experience a bunch on uh, i've always had to have conversations of where they they give you three options to place near us of where you can uh, propane charcoal or they just cook it for you and bring you your food and I always default to the latter one, which I just get lectured to people about. No, 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 we're going for the experience. Yeah, what are you doing? God, bad hanger. Yeah, but the experience is I'm going to eat slower and not have it cooked as good because I'm doing it. So I get that that's part of the draw, but it's like I also just want good food. And I want to be able to eat it rather than just have one piece of a few pieces at a time cooked by somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. It's like thin slices of beef. It's like the easiest thing in the world to cook. It's seconds on each side dude like <laughs> yes you also know me if i'm in any way coordinating this god help us for what's going to be produced at the end it's, it's the principle of the matter spencer's a cheap man he's going to a restaurant he wants someone to cook for him he's paying he's paying for that hey, why are, why are, I'm paying why the why same they, amount either way why aren't they serving what is done <laughs> so god. spencer so you don't like crab because it's like it's a whole process how do you feel about soft shell crab obviously it's easier <laughs> yes. Actually, I'm, th I'm thinking about it right now. I don't remember the last time I've had soft shell crab. Like, you know, just here's a, here's a soft shell crab, go to town. I don't really remember doing that the last time. So I, I, couldn't, I can't really get, provide you expert wisdom on that. Okay, next time you visit us. Soft shell crab. Always keep a stock in the freezer. Yep. I did not know this. You always have soft shell crab in your freezer. That's a lot of weird meats that Probably. just always are in your freezer. Probably my favorite food, soft shell crab, batter oysters. 
So, Spencer, have you ever uh, tried omakase at a sushi place? Because I feel like this would be like the the this like uh, difference between like I just want to be handed food to eat and I don't want to pay any as any more money than I absolutely have to for this meal. Uh, because have you done it? I don't. I do not know that word. Okay. No. That, that's what I figured. I was about to explain it to you, but then I realized that you somehow might have done it. And I, 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 not knowing the word, I couldn't even tell you if I have. So explain. So uh, there are sushi places where basically you sit at the sushi bar usually, and the chef basically just gives you food. For sometimes it's a set uh, of things, and sometimes it's basically. It's the, it's basically the chef's choice. So this chef just like makes you stuff until you have been served a meal. Um, and sometimes like you know what you're getting beforehand, but usually it's just like whatever has been prepared and fresh and and uh, for that day. Um, highly recommend. It's a great experience, but depending on where you go, it can be expensive. Sarah and I did that about three months ago. Spencer, hold on. Uh, you're going to be disgusted by this. It was about, I think it was $120 a person, something like that. It's like six meals. I. That's not even like, I would say that's like middle, middle high, but like nowhere like near. High for here. Yeah. For here. It depends on your locale. Like you, you're not going to be, that's the nicest restaurant that offers it in the triangle. It's not um, something I would enjoy as an experience, but that is a talking a high price point for this kind of thing. It seems. BJ was just telling you it was low. <laughs> 120 is high by my standards for a meal. Oh, like I, I'm not I, for a meal, yes, but like I, but at good places, experience. I think for what you get. <laughs> what was that, Levi? As an experience, you're not talking Spencer into this. He's like, yeah, Chili's is a lot cheaper. That's that's what's going on in his head. Get that Ruby Tuesday salad bar. For price per calorie, and I get a client discount. You know, this is the way to go. What? Ruby Tuesday is the client. Did I ever say that before? Yeah, you've told me. Well, but also that you get a client discount, which is just. I have no idea whether that's true. Probably if I asked, but have not pushed that point. <laughs> it absolutely would not be the case if you asked. If you asked, that franchisee would be like, I don't know who you are. I don't care. That's corporate. Get out of here. Ask for corporate, and they'd probably give me a card. Well, Viking was right for you. Yeah, Viking. I could call it corporate nest. Well, can you still get a corporate discount because it might just be free at this point? Yeah, at this point, the corporate discount is oh, thank God you actually are considering going on a cruise. Wait, so so would you get a corporate discount on a ship? On buying a ship? No, I think that's outside of the uh, listed itinerary. Okay. Not willing to do one hundred twenty dollars for a meal? Buying a ship? <laughs> They might give it to me for. They might give it to me to scrap at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cruise industry for scrap value. Yeah, it's it's among industries that are affected. The cruise industry is looking at a scenario of where eh, maybe eight months from now we can operate it all. That's a, that's a rough mean, situation to be in. To be fair, they did have like viral outbreaks on a semi-regular basis before, so I feel like they should have been a little bit more prepared. Yes, but it's one of those things if we're, I'm just going to say yes to that. I understand true. Well, no, I think that they are prepared. I mean, if you look at like the number of percentage of people on these ships that have coronavirus outbreaks that get it, it's not as high as you may expect. So they do actually quarantine people, get them, you know, in rooms, deliver food, that sort of stuff, which is what they've done in the past. I think the problem is just the lack of people who want to go on a cruise. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. And also like them being quarantined offshore for, for, longer amounts of time in the medical facilities that, excuse me, they have, stuff like that. As we saw recently affecting the U.S. Navy, a ship is just an ideal breeding ground for a virus to spread once it gets aboard and there's only so much you can do. Yeah. How funny was it that the Secretary of the Navy went out there for like $250,000 just to rant and rave? <laughs> like it was like, good morning, Vietnam, and then he leaves. Like the the on brand for for this uh, administration is spend a lot of money to go somewhere and don't do anything useful. I know, and then Trump fired him. Hilarious. Um, speaking of of uh, the military, 
So I was thinking that in continuing our uh, lock-in pranks via Amazon, um, one of our, our compatriots that, that might have some, some military interest, um, he might need a project while he's at home. And so I've been uh, thinking about, you know, what, what projects could we get him on Amazon that would be really appropriate for, for him and his family. Um, and I started out with knitting because that just seems like something that, that Doug would really like to do. <laughs> um, and I was talking about this with my girlfriend um, and she, she dissuaded me from knitting um, just because, you know, it's not quite as portable and, and, you know, supplies, but needlepoint. Needlepoint is where it's at. It just seems like something, you know, he'd like to sit by the fire and, uh, you know, do some some nice little uh, little birds or something like that. So this is going one of two ways, right? He either throws it away, he becomes the best needlepoint <laughs> person that we know. <laughs> Story of Doug, right there. Again, I'm okay with either. Um, so so I figured we could start with maybe some small hoops, um, at you know, and roll from there. Better teach him, teach him how to do this so he can make his, make him his costume for uh, Con of Thrones. Yeah, when it comes back in 2025. He, he can even make his own uh, patches. Like, I don't know. Patches. I don't know that he's stuck at home, though. A lot of the military folks still have to keep going in. As we've heard from Dustin, they're maintaining regular operation, which is weird for his job. Uh, and, like, trainings where they're all, like, in barracks together? It's crazy. Well, so they apparently were doing testing before they they continued with full-on training, but, but I am sort of curious about that. Um, but, but yeah, I think Needlepoint would be, uh, he can make, you know, his own specialized patches for, for his buddies and, and whatever else. I'm down. Are make we a challenge coin holder. We're going to try to keep it more secret than we did last time. We tried last time. And we failed. Can we do better this time? <laughs> I don't know. I, we, we were going to test out the, the whole gift receipt snafu. Uh, did anybody? I haven't. No. Okay. No, no, no. I mean, we can do that. Um, also, Spencer, look, I mean, pranking is an iterative process. You know, we live and we learn. Um, it's, it's really a journey. Like, can you <laughs> stop getting, getting hung up on the, on the failures we've had and look at the successes we've had, the smiles we've brought into people's faces. A natural leader. The second clause of what you just said was learn. I'm trying to bring about the learning experience attached to this too right now, Levi. I think we can do it. We could just order not from Amazon. We could just order from like Joann's or something. Yeah, I feel like I don't. I don't know if they're they're better or worse, but yeah, we can definitely try that out. Um, whatever's good. So I just have this vision of Doug randomly deciding. You know what? I miss those guys. I want to listen to one episode of this. <laughs> see, see how things are going. And he listens to this one and he's like, "Do they talk about me every week? Like, what is this?" <laughs> So, so the other side of it that I think would be funny is like, you know, we get him like the, some like really small hoops, something that, that he could do fairly quickly and then get him like a bolt of fabric. So, so he just like has this like 20 pound bolt of fabric that he just like has nothing that he can do within his house except for cut into like three inch squares so he can do some needlepoint. Uh, pause. Um, so, Terry, you probably do because of uh, of Sarah. Spencer, do you have any sense of what the unit of measure of a bolt is? No, not at all. Zero, zero understanding. Um, it, you could have thrown it any word there. A rigmarole of fabric. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Pick the noun. I don't know it, but I know it's a thing because Sarah said it before. I've never dug into it, so I don't know your sense of like what is what is a bolt is that like a metric ton uh is that a troy ounce <laughs> i don't know is it a pallet <laughs> like i got the dog food in so um fabric is is often measured in a number of ways one is is yards of fabric so like it's rolled out of a roll and yards you measure work, bj you asshole <laughs> we, yards we got bolt we're a little confused about <laughs> So, so the roll of fabric is a bolt of fabric. Okay. Got it. Which has apparently no precise measurements attached to it at all. It just means I've rolled some fabric. Here you go. 
the sizes they're offering for differences are just colossal. Well, some of the stores are do are uniform with how much they put in the roll. It's my understanding. Mm-hmm. Sarah shops at Joanne's most of the time, and I think that when they put out a roll, it's the same amount every time. I mean, and you I may not also, be, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it also depends on how long the roll is because they can have different lengths. And so that can mess with things as well. Anyway, that's what we're doing. We're going to make Doug a expert. A bolt is traditionally between 40 and 100 yards. That's a lot of fabric. A lot of variation too, but <laughs> yeah. So um, and so Lee, this is probably only useful information for you, but um, it's actually one of the cheapest places to get muslin, uh, which works way better than cheesecloth. Um, and so if you just want to get like unbleached muslin for, for all your straining needs, it's a great place to do it. Good, because cheesecloth is not cheap. Especially if you go through a lot of it. Um, but anyway, all right. What is the next topic we want to talk about? I've hit my two. Anybody got something? Um, yeah, I had, what else? While you're doing that, I can do a little on brand. Um, did I tell you guys I attended a virtual opera? <laughs> no, you haven't. Go ahead. As a singer? You, but you haven't told them. Uh, no, a friend of a friend, is, she professionally tours, and as a result of recent events, everything has been canceled. And so, um, Miami Performing Arts Center is offering this kind of opportunity for uh, singers of where they will host a virtual event where they can perform whatever they want and people can buy like $5 remote tickets to watch it, to watch it. And a friend, this said a friend of a friend was doing it and I had heard last second about it. So I signed up for it and it remi- you reminded me, BJ, um, when you mentioned, uh, when, he, when he mentioned old people at, uh, signing into like WebEx or whatever else, because the average crowd that goes to the theater is decidedly elderly. Um, I think the average age is probably like over 70 in Florida and seeing a collection of a couple hundred very, very old people try to finagle with their webcams so they could sign in to watch this. Because apparently this was the first time Miami Performing Arts had done it. They decided that they would have everyone's camera. They wouldn't default, just turn off your camera. They'd have it default on. Yeah. They want the picture. Yeah. Um, they also wouldn't mute your mics because they wanted to be able to hear applause. And those two, that was a dumb idea real damn quick because we got the, possibly the most, most idiotic idea of any person ever. Uh, quickly, within a few minutes, the uh, moderator was able to shut down everybody's mics because opening part of the performance, you got a hell of a lot of old, old people commentary on this lady performing in her house. That was just all you could yeah. hear. Yes, that's so stupid. But... Once that was shut down, it actually was a rather fun event. I haven't seen any operas since like Carmen 15 years ago. It's not usually my stick, um, but it was a new and different kind of experience. And seeing it performed remotely, the artists did well in terms of setting it up with their partner. And other than the very interesting, detailed, random old people commentary that started the event, it was a fun way to spend an evening. That, that sounds like that. the weirdest version of um, MST two or three K that'd be like the funniest thing to just like actually record slash highlight the old people's commentary on random operas. Oh, it was detailed. They were commenting on shit in her house. Like, Oh, I don't like those <laughs> candles there. So, uh, speaking of old people going to performances, I have a funny story. Uh, my like, wife and I have, um, season tickets to the Broadway series here at the Deepak, which usually gets first run shows. They usually get really quality shows. And we went to, and what we've noticed is that there are an awful lot of old people who go to every show and don't really know what they're going to see. Yeah. They just know it's show night, so they go. And the Deepak, God bless them, had Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And (laughs) that's not old people tolerant. If you've not seen it before, it's um, about a German um, transgendered person who had a botched gender you know, surgery who falls in love with somebody, but also uh, in the background of a rock opera and the score is great. The music's great. I love it. I've, I'd seen it before. I'd seen the movie and we were walking in and I was looking at some of these old people dressed to the nines, excited about showtime. And like one of the first uh, songs is called angry itch inch. And it's about how the gender, uh, 
surgery that the Hedwig got was botched and was just left with like a one inch mound of flesh. That's how he describes it. And this song goes on in the exodus of well-dressed old people out of the fucking arena. There were so many people leaving. Sarah and I were just cracking up. We were left with maybe like two thirds of the audience by the end of it. It is a great performance, but that's like a, that's in basically the same category as tricking, tricking old people to see Rocky Horror Picture Show in terms of what they're going in for and expecting. That's a good call. Cause also it like is a cult classic. Like people who yes. like Hedwig really like Hedwig. So, uh, I've told you guys before about the same experience that I had uh, going to see Book of Mormon um, at Deepak. Same same situation. All people are just going because it's 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 the time to go. Um, and just getting offended and walking out, um, and, and just like, like horrified. Um, especially like the the old old ladies who bring their like eight year old daughter or so. You know, I mean, bring like a young a young granddaughter um, and are like, oh my gosh, and it's like. Did you do no research, no research whatsoever? You just don't. And it, it was fun because I, I was watching this and I was like, well, maybe it's just a few. And then one left, one couple left and Sarah and I just burst out laughing. We didn't even say a word because it was an old man, and an old woman, and they were holding hands and the old man was shaking his head and talking <laughs> as he was walking out. <laughs> I was so proud of Hedwig. Yes. <laughs> but Spencer, opera. I would. I can. I can see you being an opera guy. I'm really not. Uh, for me, I really like to get invested in the story of whatever's being performed and the experience. And if I, sadly, if I can't understand the language you're singing in, it makes it a bit hard. Um, I mean, if you're performing something that is happening in typically German or Italian, I can pick up some some of the emotions, but the actual nature of the story, unless you're giving me something I can read along with it, I'm not really that engaged. Appreciating the music, but not really getting involved in the actual story, which is. You're going for a play, which an opera qualifies as. It's a key part of what I'm signing up for. Otherwise, I'd just, you know, I'd go to a, I'd go to a, um, an orchestra. I, I have you not been to places that do like subtitles and stuff like that? I, again, I've only I've been to two operas in my life. Uh, one was many years ago where they did not. I had a playbill, and then this one was being done remotely on a much more limited basis. So, no, that's not what I've had. Fair enough. I feel like you'd really like the ring cycle. About it. By the way, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys before, but um, so you bringing up the, the fact that they didn't mute people's uh, mics um, really brought, brought to mind. So in my company, um, I, I can get invited invited to a, a crazy number of meetings that I have no reason to go to. Like I'm, I'm on a distribution list because I need to stay up to date to the general go goings on, but it's not my day to day. So I don't need to necessarily join into their WebExes. Um, or, and, Whenever I get a WebEx, I always look at and see what the URL is. So in, in WebEx, they have a personal room, and then they have a, a scheduled room. And in the scheduled room, you can have more formal structures where you can auto-mute people or make sure that no one no one can, can share their audio. It's more locked down. But whenever I see an a, a invitation to a meeting that's in someone's personal room, even if it has nothing to do with my day-to-day -day job, I always join because I look forward to the energy. <laughs> I join and just like wait and just wait for someone to go off mute and to like, yell at their kid. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's anarchy. It's fantastically fun. Um, it's one of the joys I get every, you know, month and a half, two months when someone makes that mistake. It just really makes life worth living, you know? Did you see the viral Zoom video of um, a company? I think it was like about 10 to 15 people on a Zoom call. And one of the women forgot that she was on webcam and take a dump uh, i saw like a gif or something of it but i didn't like drill into and watch the actual video but that's not the funny part to me the funny part to me is that someone ported that and put it on youtube <laughs> it's just the meanest shit ever like just let it go <laughs> it's also yeah i mean it's it's it, some level it's just showing people who don't work from home because like transparent i i've used the bathroom quite a few times on on work meetings right like it, it just happens like you you've got back to back, glad back it hasn't back happened meetings. during one of our pods um well i know how to use it i know how to meet myself right like that's that's the thing is that these things happen when when you're working from home um it's especially harder to do with this one <laughs> no i can do it meet myself and then then go go to, go drop a deuce which brings up something i did when i asked you guys um <laughs> Can I go to the bathroom right now and pause the pod? Go ahead, Levi. <laughs> uh, 
give, given the uh, somewhat change of people's diets, or at least there's 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 less um, availability of certain types of foods, people going out to eat and that sort of thing. How has you guys' bowel movements worked? Have they gotten better or gotten worse? Terry, I, I mean, imagine the bread of affliction is not not good. Yeah, matzo is not not not, not helping out. <laughs> um, I just meant in general, right? Because like we're we're definitely eating different, slightly different foods, right? Um, we're not eating out and having fatty fatty foods as much. Um, probably, at least for me, less fresh veg uh, because you don't want to go to the grocery store, so you sort of avoid it. Um, how about others? I will answer the question. Um, I had this idea when this whole thing started that if I just had a freezer stock full of frozen burritos, that I'd be set. It's a perfect food for a lockdown. Frozen burritos. Um, and I went through a period about a week and a half of having two, two to three frozen burritos a day. Um, and for uh, the topic that you brought up, Levi, I have now limited the amount of frozen burritos that I have. <laughs> for the sake of your day, health. really was not good planning. Uh, so no, I try to work in a little bit of rice, uh, maybe some frozen vegetables here and there, a stir fry. Um, yeah, so that's my experience. I would say my quality of my bowels has significantly improved, honestly. Um, I think it's mostly Great because- video right here. Yeah, I'm here for you. <laughs> Mostly for me, it's just been a uh, consistency that if my diet gets too varied or if I, like we like to do, like to go out to a variety of different places, it can mess with my gut a little bit. And just from my variety going down, that apparently has worked well with my gut. So when you say your variety has gone down, do you only eat soup now? No, we eat things other than soup. We actually had a good soup week, and that's been it so far in lockdown. We're, I'm trying to persuade us to have another soup week sometime here soon, but that's all we've had so far. I do have a follow-up for that, um, which uh, I think Lee will have uh, a little bit more input maybe than uh, you or, or Levi, but um, when when you're cooking off a recipe, perhaps, for, for soup, um, and maybe other things, do you follow the times that they have when you have a stew and it says cook for three hours? Do you do, you do that and set a timer? You're asking me? Yes. Really? That's surprising. Typically. You would. For certain set dishes, yes. I mean, there is a there is a couple of stews I found that you really do have to precisely do it. But most of the time, for super stew, just eyeball it. Have a vague super a vague stew, time. You have to precisely precisely time how long they cook. For that case, it'd be family recipes if I'm doing those. If like there's there's from that way, I've just been conditioned to cook it in a particular manner. In which case, I check it precisely at 50 minutes because that's what the damn recipe says, and that's how I learned it. And then even the re even most of these recipes say check at this point, cook till ready. Still, you're you're mostly eyeballing the damn thing, particularly when you're working on an electric oven the way I am. So that brings up an interesting point, and and I wonder if other folks have have any other. It sounds like Terry, you've you've had a, a similar action. You sort of focused in on improving yourself. Um, I've become the best at making breakfast. And my breakfasts oh. are, are possibly the best ever. Uh, do, do tell, Levi. Oh, I'm just saying, perfect fried egg, perfectly cooked, enough gooiness in the center there, bacon on point, crisp but not burnt. I'm just saying, I I, I make the best breakfast now. Um, I, I, man. I've, I, I have up my game. I, I've always had a pretty good uh, breakfast game, but at this point, I'm, I'm really just an ex executive Levi, chef level. Question for you, what's the carb situation? You're doing what? Uh, grits, biscuits? Uh, Mostly just wheat bread. Um, we're not going too crazy. Like we're just regular wheat bread toasted. Um, I put a little little pepper jack. There's some, there's a great pepper jack cheese um, in the local um, sort of discount uh, grocery store. It's actually got a nice little level of spice, unlike a lot of these other places. Um, but yeah, now I've, I I I focused and taken pride on on owning owning that skill and, and making sure that I I know how to cook things properly. Um, so if we're allowed to leave our houses by New Year's, on breakfast, what's going for? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I will say, Terry, I know I, we've had long conversations about cooking eggs properly, especially scrambled eggs. Um, and I intellectually knew that you really should cook them at a lower temperature than you want to. But, but boy, does it make a difference. Oh, yeah. Constant stirring, do the soft scramble. It's a whole nother thing. It's like a completely different dish. Actually, one of my favorite uh, cooking videos, uh, which is... Jacques Pupin talking about like making eggs and he, he's very like, you know, everybody should learn how to cook, but especially you guys, like 
as as a young man, you need to know how to cook breakfast. And it's an important thing for you to understand. So, so like, here's how to do it. And you should learn how to do it well, because it could be very important for your life. What is this, like the weird Jordan Peterson of the, uh, of the food world? Like Jordan Peterson is saying, saying, make your bed. And he's like, you need to learn how to make eggs. That's how you become a man. Yeah, Levi, you make the breakfast um, at New Year's. I'll do grits. Um, that, that'd be my, grit, my grits game is pretty strong, I think. I feel like we need Not healthy, to... but good. I feel like, at, you know, also, we talked about crawfish. I feel like doing like a shrimp boil or something like that should be something that we uh, add into our... Why are you... <laughs> I'm just waiting for Spencer's reaction. <laughs> Again, it's a social setting. There's any number of things I've done with you guys that I would not enjoy doing by myself. With you guys, it'd be, I'm sure it'd be fun. Okay. Yes. All right. Spencer's also thinking, they're going to make me drink so much anyway, I'm going to be drunk, who cares? Um, yeah, all, you guys are probably going to cook for me 90% of the way, so if I'm going to do it, yeah, sure, bring me food. <laughs> uh, maybe we should get Spencer a fondue set that he can bring out that we Don't can have for New Year's. Don't <laughs> And so, Terry, you've you you've worked in your burrito game. BJ, have you focused on any sort of food stuff? Like, have you focused on something, or are you just living your life? Not really. I mean, honestly, so because so I view going out at to like restaurants as as much more of a social thing. Like, it's not something that I do on a regular basis unless uh, my girlfriend is out here or, or my mom or something visiting. And so. Like I cook all the time anyway, so honestly, like my my life hasn't changed all that much. Being in lockdown, it just means that like I cook a little bit more because I'm home more, or like I cook more dishes. Yeah, that makes sense. I told the story that I have been focusing on carbonara and then risotto, and then uh, I'm done with those two, and now I'm on to tagines. So tonight I'm having a fish tagine with uh, some couscous. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Spencer? Uh, in terms of the dishes I've been making the most, I've been making a hell of a lot of pancakes for breakfast, where I made like 20 pancakes yesterday for the two of us, which was just entirely <laughs> unnecessary. <I> was gonna... <laughs> Did you eat all of them? Yeah, we ate all of them. That's the most on-brand thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, I also, <laughs> I also kind of wanted to hear, and this would have been very on-brand, is like, oh, no, we wrap them up and we're going to microwave them for breakfast for the next week. And it just like... They ate the 20. <laughs> we ate pancakes for breakfast and lunch. Little little silver dollar pancakes are like full on behemoths, just like a big, big old triple stack. Like this stack was me cakes. making the pancakes. There was no consistency attached to these at all. It was just uh, these the pancakes were all various shapes and sizes. They were done entirely different ways. It was just a massive stack of pancakes that Bridget just woke up to, sighed, and grabbed a plate and started eating them. It was yeah. it, it was a bolt of pancakes, is what you're saying. And I recommend a bolt of pancakes. <laughs> Strong feelings on how to eat pancakes, Spencer. How do you how do you eat pancakes? Are you doing syrup and butter? Uh, when I make pancakes for somebody else, I assemble like a Korean barbecue series of options that they can mix with their pancakes. Of where I've got various kinds of jam, I got a couple different kinds of butter, I've got whipped cream, I've got a couple syrups if I've got them. I've got this. I'll typically like I'm bringing like I'm bringing Bridget pancakes in bed. I will have a tray of various things she can put on the pancakes, and then a tray of pancakes. And then she can go like, really. I like to have as many options as possible. But for me, if I'm just making for myself, butter and syrup. All I need, it's a great way to do a pancake. Okay. Pancakes in bed. Is that regular? Damn. I like my breakfast, breakfast in bed for over here. You are a sweet man. Very sweet man. You know, I only eat pancakes if it's, uh, it's a side. I treat it like I do a biscuit. Nothing on it and just kind of dip it in egg or something like that. <laughs> okay. Interesting. I told you I had strong opinions on. I, I I want you to have like a flapjack, like a big, you know, like ten inch. Are you cutting it in pieces? Like what what's going on with this side? Just I cut it in pieces, and I'll I'll add it to like a little bit of grits or a little bit of the egg yolk, maybe a piece of bacon or something. Like when I eat bacon, uh, so I just treated it like a, a normal bread side. Interesting. Pancakes in bed. My goodness. I did that. Sarah would throw the pancakes at me. Because she doesn't want to eat pancakes or because she has rigorous rules about eating in bed? She doesn't like the pancakes. 
Okay. Otherwise, I, I guess um, that, that's a question for everybody because I just I feel like I I'm different than than a good chunk of the people on the pod, which is I I don't eat in bed, and and so just like doesn't really matter what the food is that just seems weird. I mean, the, the having the syrup in bed just made me very uncomfortable, honestly. Um, what? Where, where's your border? Like, are you, are you like saltines? Let's just fucking go for it. Like what, wh- what's, what, what are the things that, that you would or would not eat in bed? Megan, uh, it not is going blue, just, just food. Items. Oh boy. All right. Uh, for me, it's entirely dependent on what I have to serve it on. If I was just bringing just individual plates, wouldn't approve because it's just gonna be a mess. It's that we actually tarp like. No, we actually have like I can. We have wooden serving trays, yeah, mm-hmm. and those are fine because you're eating over those. There's very there's no little mess attached to it. Uh, I like you don't like the idea of the mess, but it's a nice you know it's a nice treat for her to wake up to. And I've got the big trays, they're just set on the bed. It's like I brought a table with me that she's actually eating over. There's no, there's no issue really with the mess. Spencer, have you ever eaten in bed? Have I ever eaten in bed? Yes, I'll typically come. I'll typically, you know, bring my own tray with her and sit and eat in bed with her. It's part of the shared morning experience. Are are breakfast trays or, or, or food trays? Are those like? Uh, are those to Florida like, let's say, um, the take take home gift in Sweden uh, when you have a kid? You've had this. It's box full of things or the, the, the South Korean COVID-19 infection uh, kit. Is it just what, what happens? That's just what the state provides. Wait, so so do you have like a wheel up thing that like comes over the bed or is this like a tray that you have to carry? Because I can see like Florida providing like a hospital version of like a wheel up tray. <laughs> I, I never thought about this. I actually gotten it as a gift in Virginia of where someone had bought, I, 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 I was, um, renting a house and I told the landlady I was, you know, I wasn't going to renew the lease. I was moving down to Florida. And as my going away gift, she got me this breakfast tray. And I'm like wondering, do I need to go ask her? Like, did you, was it because I was going to Florida? You got me a breakfast tray. Yep. She knew you were going to age 50 years and you would need it. Did not know that. Hadn't ever thought about that before. Now I want to call her up and ask this. Yeah. Ask her and and, and tell her that she's low key hilarious. Uh, She just like (laughs) sun you so hard. It's taken seven years for you to realize. Wow. So, so in my opinion, um, I Spencer, what you're describing to me would be terrible. I don't want to eat the first the second I wake up. Like I need a little bit of time. I need a cup of coffee. I need a break, and then I'll eat. I can't just like wake up and boom, tray of pancakes, go at it. And two, uh, the only food that I am willing to have in bed at this point in my life is desserts at the right before I go to bed. So if I got like a couple cookies glass of milk, boom, ready to go, but no actual like meals. Interesting. So, so Levi, I just wanted to jump in on an, on, uh, what would be very on brand for me. Um, so I saw a similar picture. I assume the one that you saw for the, uh, South Korea COVID-19 care package. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have cans of, of the exact same cans of tuna. <laughs> exactly of course, of course i do <laughs> that they sent out they're delicious um so to answer the question uh you do not eat food in a bed that i'm in that's that get out of here um <laughs> yeah barbarians. Uh, like yeah, we get some passionate opinions on this uh that's it's not really a fight but it's like a confrontation that my girlfriend if i've had especially like when when we lived in north carolina she would go out to things um more regularly and occasionally they'd be much much later in the in the night so she'd get home at like 8 30 9 o'clock um <laughs> gets home at nine o'clock that, uh, that's the getting home late uh and and i've already like gotten into bed uh I, i've made made her dinner I've, I've left it out and she'll bring it in and go you know can i sit in here and, and be by you uh and it's like after you eat your meal yeah the answer is no. You're not having a stir fry in bed. That's disgusting. Stop it. Um. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't have a problem with Sarah did it. It's just like not regular practice. Romance. Get out of bed. It's, it's disgusting. You're going to spill. It's going to get everywhere. It's going to be nasty. Come on. All right. Anything else you want to cover? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, I think it's good. 
Oh, I actually do have one other question. Uh, when do you think the post office is going to fail? Well, it depends. I mean, if the federal government's willing to limp them along, um, they'll be okay. But right now it sounds like they're not willing to do that. Um, so yeah, probably a lot of problems. I mean, they're already running like a massive deficit every year. Mm -hmm. That's just like ballooned. Because they have to cover like 75 years of possible pensions. I don't think they'll fail. I mean, I think there'll be enough public pressure that it's not going to happen. I agree that right now they're, the government is seemingly representing they're just going to let it happen, but I think there's going to be a groundswell to keep them in place. No, BJ, I agree with you. Those, those organizations in the federal government still have vestiges of defined benefit plans. It's just, as people continue to live longer, it's just killing, killing a lot of state governments and local governments too. Yeah, and, and it's even longer. And it, like I found it super interesting that it's just like, could this be a time that we see an institution just disappear? Because Trump letting it happen. All the indications. What? I could see Trump letting it happen. He's like the one president I think might do it. Well, he, he, here's the here's the deal. If if he hadn't gotten a fight with Bezos for the past past few years, I think it's probably a forty percent chance he just privatized and sell, sell it to Amazon and say they're doing a better job. Um, mm -hmm. But with Bezos and the Washington Post, that is not going to happen. I mean, th that was one of his big complaints, apparently, that like what that Amazon's using postal service, and that's why it's problematic. So, I love the heel turn that Amazon did. They said, "Okay, how about this? We'll give ten thousand dollars of seed money to our pri uh, our drivers to create private businesses to deliver our packages." <laughs> It. This is week four of our lockdown quarantine coronavirus coverage. It's April 12th. See you next week. <laughs>